You know when like there's something that's ages away and someone's like, hey, do you want to do something? And you're like, yeah, I could do that. And then it gets to, like the week before you're like, why did I agree to this? <laughs> yeah, that, that is me right now. Um, especially because like the, as the closer it got, the more I realized how much I don't know about stuff. And there's like people in here, like Kevin, who just knows so much stuff. And Dion, who just knows so much stuff. And I'm just like, hmm, I don't know things. Um, I'm probably one of the least qualified people in this whole group to talk about God, actually, probably. Um, but, but I'm qualified to talk about words. That's like my, that's my job description. So I'm going to talk about words. Um, and I think they're pretty cool. I think words are great. Um, I think that everybody uses them and some people overuse them. That's me. And if you can't, in the recording, yep, I'm pointing at myself. I overuse words. Um, and I think pretty much everybody would have a pretty difficult time getting by if words weren't a thing. Um, but because they're just like, like I'm talking right now, making weird sounds with my mouth and you guys are understanding me and we do this all the time, every day, and that's how communication works, we just kind of forget that words are really powerful. We, we're just like, oh yeah, that's a thing that I can do. And we forget how much of an impact that makes and like how much like how much of an impact a miscommunication can make in a life and even like a, even a good communication can make into somebody's life um and because i don't know things i did like i did some research biblically and then i was like oh my gosh there's so much stuff i can't talk about all of this stuff and so there's like a lot of biblical ground that i could cover um and i would probably talk way too long about it so um, Ten-part series. Come, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, I thought I would just talk about the idea of like blessings and curses, um, because I go to a Bible study group not very often anymore because I don't have time. But we were doing a uh, Genesis, like early Genesis, uh, in Bible study, and that's it's really it's weirder than I remember. But um, one of the weirdest parts in it for me is the bit where God's like, when Noah and his family come off the ark, and then God's like, you have all my blessing, and go forth and like live wonderful lives and be fruitful and inhabit the earth. And then Noah gets drunk and curses his grandson for, looking, for his son looking at him naked. And that's just like one of the weirdest stories that I, in the whole Old Testament, honestly, it's so weird, it's just such a weird story. Um, and so we were doing that for Bible study, and I am the only person under 40 years old, I think three people in my Bible study are named Karen, and I think that should tell you everything you need to know about that Bible study. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, seriously, no, Karen, Karen's aren't born, right? Karen's appear one day in their mid-40s with three kids in a minivan, right? So, <laughs> so they have, yeah, their views are probably pretty different to mine, and that was a weird topic to cover with a lot of people who are way older than me. Um, so, um, it's weird for like a bunch of reasons. So first, presumably just after getting off the ark, or not too long after getting off the ark, Noah takes the time to either plant or find grapevines, harvest the grapes, press them into wine, leave them to ferment, and then drink the wine to the point that he passes out naked. So the main thing that that tells me is that um, 
aside from God's blessing and favour and protection, spending a year in a floating box full of animals just wasn't good for his mental health. (laughs) Um, So maybe that makes the next events a little bit more explainable. But the weirdest part for me is that the ark touches down, Noah burns an offering to God and God renews his blessing over all of humanity, which is just that one family because everybody else is dead. And he's, he blesses this whole family. And then in less than a page, Noah decides that his son kind of poking fun at him being drunk and nude is enough to call down a curse, not just on the kid, on the grandson, but on that entire lineage and a curse that lasts. Like, I mean, it kind of still exists, but like, it certainly lasted until Jesus' time. Because the, the cultural divisions that were caused by the clans that came out of that lasted forever. They were Canaanites and Jews were traditionally enemies. Um, so I've seen this, court, this story used as like a caution, as like you should respect your parents and elders. But to me, that's like, to me, that's like almost weirder than the story itself, is that that's how it's used. Because... To me, this story is not actually about how children should respect their parents, but how a parent can, in a couple of sentences, just destroy their kid's life. Um, And I think it's really important to think about how God, God, God blessed Noah and his whole family just before, but when Noah curses Canaan, that's a human curse, it's not actually a God thing, but which one of the ones was what stuck with Canaan was his granddad cursing that lineage, not God's blessing over all of them. That is presumably infinite and eternal and um, unchanging because that's what God is. Um, It's this petty human curse that basically, and it, it didn't just curse Canaan and his lineage, it ended up coming back and cursing the Jews too because they got a bunch of enemies out of it. Um, that they had to, you know, fight and hate on and have this nasty relationship for the next couple of thousand years. So, um, in my opinion, a competition between a blessing from an almighty God and a curse from just some guy, like, it doesn't seem like much of a competition for which one is more powerful. So, why did the curse last so much? Um, why Why did it stick so hard that person, and I think that that is kind of partially about humans and how humans really care about community and care about um, one another in relationship and how a human's relationship can be changed so easily with words. And I think it's also about um, how humans' relationship with themselves and what we take on take on board is kind of important too. So there's sort of two bits to that. Um, So yeah, so the main message that I get out of that is that um, one, that Noah spent too much time working on the ark and not enough time working on his parenting skills because that's a messed up punishment to give your kid uh, or your grandkid. Um, But also that God's blessing doesn't go away. God's blessed humanity. But words from another person can still carry a weight that can be generational 
can last centuries and can be like really powerful. Um, so bringing back that from like a really old weird Bible story to like now, um, I think that words obviously that people speak over our lives can have a huge lasting impact on us. And I think that that impact can be compounded if the person who speaks those words is an important person to us or if they are spoken repeatedly by a bunch of different people. So, for example, when I was like six or seven, my dad said, if you keep tucking your hair behind your ears, they're going to stick out and you're going to look really ugly and weird. And I never tucked my hair behind my ears again, ever. And I think that's actually part of the reason I cut my hair off eventually, because I was sick of having to cover my ears and not be able to hear stuff. So in order to be able to have my ears visible again, I shaved my head. Um, so obviously that's like a pretty <laughs> stupid little story to illustrate that. Um, but um, it's definitely not as dramatic as a family curse that lasts generations. Uh, but I think that does pretty clearly demonstrate the power that words, especially of like a family member, can have. My dad doesn't even remember saying that, but I remember it <laughs> very clearly. Um, and I think that words can definitely change you in a positive sense or a negative sense. Um, like, I would say also that um, the reason I even decided to do a writing course was because one of my teachers said, wow, this, this that you've written is really good. Have you ever considered being a writer? Like, this, this just could be publishable. And I was like this small, impressionable year 12 student who wrote bad emo poetry. And I was like, oh, me? I could be a writer? So I went and did a full, full course on it and then found out that you can't actually be a writer in Australia and make money at the same time. So <laughs> um, that was a little disappointing. But um, uh, I think words being powerful is pretty, it's a pretty simple concept. And I think probably most people here are like, well, duh, that's kind of obvious. But I don't care because as simple as a concept is, if it still gets overlooked, it's still important to be talking about it. Um, because it's just so minimized in our everyday lives. People just, well, especially internet culture, um, it's like, ha, 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 you suck, kill yourself. Like, that matters. But people don't think of it as mattering, you know? Like, that's, like, kill yourself as, a, as, a, as an insult on the internet is so, it's become so ubiquitous that people don't even bother writing the whole thing anymore. They just write KYS. KYS, kill yourself. Like, yeah, cool. Um, as if that's okay, and that as if that doesn't have like a lasting impact on how people live their lives. Um, so I think language can very much be used to let people in and to make a space for openness and conversation and to bless people, or it can equally be used very quickly and easily to keep people out, um, to other, to marginalize, um, to divide and to do deep damage. Um, so when, when Noah cursed his grandson and his grandson's descendants, he created this deep rift of division that's still strong in, in Jesus' time. Um, when a family does that today, you notice, you notice those deep rifts of division, and they can be caused by like really little things. Um, like, and another personal anecdote, um, I have a grandfather that I strongly dislike, and I would say that there are a bunch of reasons for it, but the most, the thing that I first think of, which is the stupidest thing, was him telling me that the colour black was evil, and if I wore it, 
I was evil. And that's like such a, like, it's kind of dumb, yeah, right? But like, and like, I don't like him. And I, and I know there's other reasons that I don't like him that, that aren't because he said that, but that's what I think of. Um, so, um, bringing, bringing it back to a more, maybe a more positive thing, um, there's also an element of blessing. I know I keep on talking about all of these things that are like negatively affected me, but um, when God blessed Noah and his descendants, he was effectively blessing all of humanity. And though Cain and his descendants didn't necessarily take that blessing to heart the way that they took the curse to heart, it was still there. And so I think that also leads us to like thinking about what we can try in our daily life to take on and what we can choose to let go. And that's super difficult to do. That's like uh, when, my, when, my, when, my, when I chat to my friend and we say, ha ha ha, have you ever tried not being anxious? And yeah, so like so in some ways it, it kind of feels like that, but because um, we're also, our, we're just our own worst critic a lot of time. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I'm at the very least, I'm my own second worst enemy because I think my first worst enemy is onion um, because I cry incessantly every time I cut it. Um, but my second worst enemy that also makes me cry incessantly is me. Um, and I think that um, a way that we can kind of counteract this, um, it can be so hard when we take on all of these negative things that we hear. But if you can find a community and a space where you can be, that does encourage blessings rather than curses and conversation and care, then you maybe have a space where you can say, hey, these things have been spoken of in my life and people can say, well, I disagree with that and I'm going to speak some blessings over your life instead. So um, that's one of the things that I kind of look to this kind of community, to a church community for, um, which churches do to varying degrees of effectiveness. This one is one of the more effective ones, I think. Um, Something else I like to do, um, I, I, I can't remember exactly how long ago, but it was a while, it was a few years back, I made this little challenge to myself that um, every single time I was not in my house and I was out in public, I would attempt to vocalise at least one compliment to a random stranger every single time I was out in public. So that might just be like, wow, your hair's really pretty, or you have a great smile, or it's never usually anything really serious, like I can't compliment people on their personality when I walk past them in the street. But um, that, does, that does kind of two things. I think it, 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 it does have an effect on people's day because I know when people compliment me, it like affects my mood and it, it lifts my mood and that's like really encouraging. But two, Compliments are really good at starting conversations. Mm. I've had some really great conversations with weird people on trains because I was like, wow, your jacket's really cool. And, and she's like, thanks. I got it when I was camel trekking across Saudi Arabia from this weird little lady shop who later became like a massive superstar designer or something like that. You know, that that's an actual conversation. I can't remember the specifics, but that actually happened. Um, and so I think like, it, the, the, the worst thing that can happen is people say thanks and they move on and you were maybe slightly scared to talk to somebody in real life that you didn't know. That's like the, the downsides and then the upsides is that maybe you've improved somebody's life and maybe you've even made a friend. Like, so there's no downsides to that to me. So in conclusion, uh, 
we can choose to use our words to bring blessings and curses into other people's lives. So why wouldn't you bring blessings? Because at worst, you've made that person's life a little better for nothing. Yeah, that's it. And I'm just going to like turn that around. That's right.